The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, this is a an appropriate day to do that. We've got our host on the line, Philip Forsberg, Lieutenant Colonel Retired. Philip, how are you doing today? Philip, how are you doing today? I'm well. Can you hear me? I can hear you four by four. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Good. So, uh, I, uh, this is a very important day as far as you're concerned and, uh, was, was basically, uh, the reason we have Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Uh, I don't know of anybody that, what were you doing and where were you when you heard about the uh, towers being hit? Well, uh, I know what I was doing, but David, uh, Desert Storm came well before uh, 9-11. Okay, but it was uh, 9-11. Well, Desert Storm sort of uh, propelled our enemies to uh, to pull a 9-11, correct? Yeah. That's, uh, you know, there's a link. Of course, all events in history are linked together. Um, we have uh, the, uh, you know, like, just like World War One uh, spawned World War Two. Uh, so the... Uh, when we got to uh, Saudi Arabia, I became acquainted with a term that I had not uh, been familiar with, and that was uh, a reference to King Fahd of Saudi Arabia. He was, uh, in their terminology, the custodian of the two holy mosques. Uh, and so I guess uh, in Islam, there's the, there's the two holy mosques, one... Uh, in uh, Mecca, where uh, Mohammed is buried, one in uh, Medina, I think, where he was born. And the third one is in uh, Jerusalem, on the Temple Mount uh, in Jerusalem. So uh, he's not the custodian of that mosque, um, but uh, they're very they're very jealous of his... Uh, uh, power and uh, standing in the Muslim community because he is the custodian of the uh, two holy mosques and um, so consequently uh, he's uh, he's venerated for that but also uh, the uh, <clears throat> the the so they when we got there, they began to uh, tell us about, well, in Saudi Arabia, for instance, you can't have any pork products. Well, I think they kind of looked the other way for a while. 
when we we were uh, having our meals. Um, they said, well, in Saudi Arabia, there can't be any alcohol. Well, uh, we were forbidden from drinking alcohol while we were there, but um, I do know of some cases where people had some. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we were told that uh, women were not permitted to drive uh, um, an automobile, and so uh, it was a little bit uh, touchy because some of our military drivers were women, um, and uh, if a Saudi woman was driving a, a vehicle, they uh, they could be uh, arrested and actually beaten by the uh, oh what do they call them the, the righteousness police or something like that. Um, so it, uh, it was very you know they're very very focused on uh, their religion there. It's pretty much uh, a theocracy. And so uh, when we uh, when we flooded in there with our half a million troops, um, there were some who were very, very devout in the Muslim faith that regarded it as uh, an affront to Islam that all these uh, infidels would be in the same uh, country with the two holy mosques and uh, all their piety. And so... Uh, <clears throat> we uh, well, we faced kind of a, a challenge there because uh, there were, you know we went in and you, you have to understand that war in Desert Storm really was not based on any religion. Um, I had somebody trying to tell me it was all about religion, but uh, you know the, the people who were uh, fighting against us and the people who were fighting with us, you know, they were Muslim nations on both sides. So it, it's not, it was not about religion. It wasn't even about a, you know, a sect within the Muslim faith. It was just about one country, uh, abusing another country and, uh, and basically stealing that country and we made, we made them give it back. But as a result, a lot of uh, Americans remained in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. Um, and if you recall the period after Desert Storm, uh, Saddam Hussein was still in power. And uh, we had uh, an active no-fly zone uh, in Iraq. We wouldn't allow them to uh, be flying airplanes or whatever. And... Uh, so there was kind of that period there. And during that period, uh, real uh, resentment of the United States and their presence in the Middle East was growing in a very uh, fundamentalist sect of the uh, Muslims. Uh, it was known as uh, Wahhabism. And, uh, of course, uh, Osama bin Laden was... Um, was an adherent to this, and he was also the uh, the son of a very wealthy man in Saudi Arabia. And so he began to look for uh, places where he could uh, uh, sort of get even with the United States, I guess, for daring to come into his country, even though we were invited by the king. Uh, actually, he sort of uh, pleaded for us to come and, and uh, remove the threat. 
And uh, so then, if we recall, you can start putting events together. Um, I think it was in 1993, uh, which was very shortly afterward, they, um, there was an assassination of a rabbi in New York, and then I believe it was 1995, the, uh, the, uh, there was a, um, a sheikh in New York who had, uh, fomented, uh, sabotage or terrorist, uh, bombing, and they used a, a, a van filled with explosives. They put it in the, in the parking garage underneath the World Trade Center. And, uh, it was not enough to, uh, to really, I mean, it, it killed some people and it did some damage, uh, but it wasn't enough to bring down a tower like they had imagined. And so, uh, we knew of Osama bin Laden. We knew that he was a, uh, a bad actor. We knew he had, uh, problems with the United States and, and was willing to <laughs> resort to, um, terrorist means. And, uh, and then of course by then, uh, Bill Clinton was president and, uh, I guess he, you know, he had other priorities other than, uh, the defense of the nation. He was, uh, trying to get as many, uh, homosexuals, uh, in public office and, uh, in, in civil service jobs, especially in the FAA. So he didn't really have much time for that. So the simple solution for Bill Clinton was to, uh, send, uh, some cruise missiles to blow up, uh, an aspirin factory in Sudan or, something like that and it just uh it just really made things worse and so uh when we should have been going after you know a a real enemy and threat to our nation uh the uh instead we're we were being diverted by other things you know you you find that a lot today there we have so many problems in the world right now and you know, it's almost as if uh, P.T. Barnum was running this uh, current administration. <laughs> I'm not sure you know, he's not. It was, there, there is a sucker born every minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that Biden's not. The biggest threat we're facing is climate change. It's some sort of uh, alchemy of, uh, you know, climate science. It's, uh, there's no evidence for it, and, and it's, a, it's a big fraud. But it's an intended distraction while our enemies, um, you know, do the the things that they uh, will eventually use to try to bring down our country. So uh, by the time uh, 2001 rolled around, and if you'll recall, George H.W. Bush, uh, as I think they call him, Bush 40, uh, 43, uh he um, he had just taken office uh, about well eight months prior to nine eleven, and uh, so when when this kicked off, it was it was a, a big deal, and it and finally the United States went to uh, dealing with the uh, the issue that they should have been dealing with for, for a long time since. 
Well, the, the initial World Trade Center bombing should have been a wake-up call, and it wasn't. A wake-up call that, heaven forbid, the U.S. has enemies, enemies wanting to destroy us. And, you know, like in so many other ways, even today, I don't think we're wide awake to the fact that we have people that are ready to die to destroy any can, anything that the U.S. has or that they think they can destroy that will hurt the U.S. And, you know, you were talking about Barnum and Bailey. Uh, we have, we, we have a, a full-blown circus in the White House as far as I'm concerned, and the ringmaster doesn't even know where he is. So, and we've... You know, it should have been a wake-up call. The, the World Trade Center initial bombing should have been a real wake-up call to uh, our uh, intelligence operations around the world, and I don't believe it was. No, it, it wasn't. David, i got to tell you, uh, I'm having some real interference. You're cutting in and out. Uh, and I'm going to suggest we uh, go to a, a break and then we reestablish our link. Okay, uh, you're coming through just fine. And uh, going well, through... I, I, some, at some point, I'm only getting every uh, second or third word that you say. Well, okay, whatever. I'll uh, I'll call you back in a moment. Thank you. Start taking back our country from the liberal folks by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad or the radical left in America. Okay, folks. Uh, whoa, let's stop that. And uh, we had to take a little break there to uh, reestablish... Uh, Phil, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you well. Okay, so we're back in good shape then. Um, things do happen on li- live radio, and if uh, you watch enough of uh, some of the news channels on uh, television, you'll find that the ones that go live, they have their problems too. So it doesn't matter how big or how small you are, uh, things can happen. And uh, it's all electronics. But, so, we're talking about the initial bombing of the World Trade Center, and then along comes Bush 40, what would you say, 43? Or 41. Anyway, the first Bush. And uh, he was the one that had the responsibility of addressing the initial 
a World Trade Center attack. Do you think he did enough? No, absolutely not. But uh, as I said, he, you know, he was distracted. Um, he was extremely distracted because, you know, uh, you see this from the left quite a bit. These the folks coming in, they run for office, and all they want to talk about is social programs uh, in the U.S. and you know what, how they're going to do all this. And they somehow have some sort of imagination that uh, our national security will just take care of itself. And uh, that's not the case. Well, we have, a, we have a very warped view of ourselves, and that is that everybody's got to love us. Look at what we do for people around the world. So everybody has to love the United States when... The fact of the matter is, between jealousy and hate, there's not a whole lot of difference. And a lot of folks, even though they certainly put their hands out to take whatever we'll give them, particularly in a crisis situation, they're also jealous and they hate us for what we've done as far as being able to dis- to establish a democracy, actually a republic. And um, they don't, in most countries where they've had dictators all of their life, they can't appreciate what we have in the United States. They feel like somehow we're, we're wronging them, which is not in most cases, not true at all. In fact, we're the first to help most nations. But, um, you know, and and they believe... Well, I think you should be more concerned about uh, politicians who, uh, you know, spend most of their uh, aggression against uh, fellow Americans and almost nothing against uh, our nation's adversary. Those who would who would do anything they could to do us harm, and uh, they exist. Uh, the people who would do us harm, and I'm just mystified when I see uh, politicians in an event in an effort to uh, to win an election. Uh, whipping up uh, anger and uh, uh, just malice toward fellow Americans. Um, you see it with uh, oh, Beijing Joe Biden there when he stands there on a black and red stage with Marines flanking him while he talks about how, you know, this uh, ultra-MAGA you know, et cetera. You know, this is just a, it's just cooked up by the people who are the most uh, dishonest and uh, dangerous to our republic, in my opinion. Well, the fact is, too, that we, as a public, need to recognize these people for what they are. 
And, uh, you know, all of this mess that's going on right now about January 6th and also uh, the states that have let their attorney generals get carried away, it's, it's all inflammatory and all nothing but a crock. And the American public has to start standing up to these folks and doing something about it. the governor of New Mexico uh, just unilaterally deciding that she's going to suspend part of the Constitution. It's just the most egregious thing I can think of. And make no mistake, oh, well, it's just temporary for 30 days. What she's doing is trying to set a precedent so that they can do that permanently. This is, this is the kind of mission creep, this is the kind of incrementalism that the left does. That's why it's, that's why they're called progressives, right? Because there's always progress in this one direction toward, toward fascism. And people don't understand how it's not just for New Mexico, but it'll spread like it'll metastasize across the country. And it will be a cancer. You know, there's there's an oath that every elected official is required to take, and it's similar to the oath that uh, people take when they enter the armed forces. Uh, and the oath says that they will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now... It's not what Nancy Pelosi calls it, protect and defend, because it's just two words that mean the same thing, okay? It's it's two things intentionally. One is support, and the other is defend. By saying support, we're saying that you're going to obey the Constitution, okay? And when when the governor of a state is so ignorant, willfully ignorant about the Constitution... It's really frightening. She says that, well, no right is absolute. No right in the Constitution is absolute. Let me tell you, they were very clear in the Ninth Amendment to, to, to make sure that everybody knew this, this Constitution is there to put limits on our national government. Okay? You know, if it's, if, if a, if a right or a power is not directly given to our national government, or as they said, the United States, then the Tenth Amendment says all other rights are, uh, reserved to the states and to the people respectively. And, you know, there's, there's a big difference too. People get very confused about this. There's a big difference between right and privilege. Well, yeah. But, I mean, the the rights are enshrined. Exactly. Just like the Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, understand, the, uh, the Founding Fathers, they wouldn't even have ratified 
the Constitution if it weren't for the Ten Amendments in the Bill of Rights. And it explicitly says that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed by the national government and shall not be infringed by a state government. This is a right of the people, and it's specifically enumerated for the people. And, you know, they, they had good reason to, uh, to put that in there because the, the British, when they went to, uh, when they were marching on Lexington and Concord, their intention was to disarm the militia. And so the founding fathers said, no, the people have to have the right to defend themselves, to defend our nation. And, uh, now that's, you know, when they when they say in the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, they're saying they're not they're not talking about the National Guard. They're talking about the militia, which is armed men, right? The armed populace. The um, if you look at the Militia Act of 1903, every able-bodied male in the United States between the ages of 18 and 45 are either part of the organized militia, which is the National Guard and Reserve, or the unorganized militia. And, and were it not for that, they wouldn't have the, the ability to, uh, to draft young men. And that's why they don't draft young women. There are a lot of political folks, everything from Department of Justice to Attorney Generals, State Attorney Generals, that should be sat down at a table and forced to read the Constitution cover to cover. And then, if they're too stupid to understand what it says, they should ask questions. What does this mean? And, you know, it's like some of these people that... You know, I I don't know where they got their law degree from a matchbook or wherever, but to call themselves attorneys and not know the Constitution backwards and forwards, I have my doubt that I'd ever use them to defend me or use them to do anything legally. They are such a joke. But that's my opinion. Have I lost you, David? Nope, I'm right here. I was waiting on your comment. Well, uh, once again, we got our problems, so I, I didn't get much of it, but I did hear you talking about uh, attorneys that uh, don't understand the Constitution. And, it, you know, uh, in part, I think it, it may be some, some, something lacking in their education, but in a lot of ways, I think it's... Uh, 
that they uh, just don't like the Constitution and choose to ignore the parts that they don't like. Um, and it's a, it's a very dangerous thing. Those people are not supporting and defending the Constitution. Uh, and I think there's a big um, push for impeachment of the governor of New Mexico, and I wouldn't be surprised if it, uh, if it weren't successful. That would be great. Absolutely so that, yeah. great. Well, it would certainly be a shot across the bow. I know the Second Amendment and the individual right of the people to keep and bear arms um, is a big point of concern to our adversaries, most specifically uh, the Chinese Communist Party, uh, because, you know, they, they could never get control of this country. They just could never do it. You know, although although there are plenty of people willing to hand it over to them. Well, I always I marvel continually at our founding fathers that wrote the Constitution, and also even the um, Declaration of Independence. But the Constitution, particularly, is is just such an amazing document. The foresight that the founding fathers had just totally blows me away continually that they saw things 200 probably 250 years in advance of them happening and yet they realized that if we don't put this in our constitution this will be taken away from the people that are alive when it happens and you know that's why we have a constitution that's why we've lasted 240 years and when somebody does something like 9-11 we can address the constitution and say without question we have to retaliate Nobody's going to come on my soil and do what those perpetrators did. We have to address our enemies. Well, you know, if you if if you read the the Bill of Rights, it tends to address the things that uh, are first brought up in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and among the, uh, the the grievances that are listed in the Declaration of Independence about the the King of Great Britain and what he had uh, caused the uh, colonists in the American colonies to suffer, uh, and uh, so there's things like free speech, free religion, uh, redress of grievances. In, uh, enshrined in the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms in the uh, Second Amendment. You know, the uh, Fourth Amendment, I think, is uh, unlawful uh, searches and seizures and, uh, the, you know, cruel and unusual punishment is addressed in there, as well as even the quartering of soldiers. Uh, 
uh, in just in you know civilians' houses. Uh, it's one of the things that the uh, that the the George the Third was doing. He was just uh, confiscating people's houses, telling them that they must uh, house and feed these uh, soldiers that were there to oppress them, and uh, the, the people. You know that was enough to make him say, well, "You know, we got to get rid of this king." Uh, and you know all those things. Go ahead and read through the the grievances in the Declaration of Independence. You have to read past Joe Biden's uh, favorite part of the Declaration of Independence. You know the thing, the thing. Um, but you know that's, that's the preamble is what everybody knows about the Declaration of Independence. But it's a very good document, and it it lays out. The uh, the grievances against the great British king. So, um, you know, we need we need to be aware of that we need to understand our history, uh, and then perhaps we'll uh, have a, a more stable future. Well, it, you know, Phil, it's like everything else, um, and I've I've said this. <laughs> Too many times, probably, but it it holds true for almost a hundred percent of our shows, be they political or medical shows, whatever they happen to be. When it calls on you doing your own research, prove this for yourself. Find out for yourself. It's like the trouble we got into when we first told the public that masks were not. You know, we're of little value to no value. And now it's been proven <laughs> over and over again, everything that our doctors said was true. And we asked the public, study it and look up the information for yourself. But we've gotten, we've been so blessed in this country over the years that we have a we have an attitude in this country. I'll leave it to somebody else to do the research and uh, let them tell me when they after they're finished doing it. And we've become such a lazy, spoiled country. And you know it's so little to ask. Sit down and read the Constitution. If you can read, it'll take you. Oh, maybe 30 minutes at the most. And when we have kids graduating from high school and some even graduating from college <clears throat> that can't do fundamental math, they can't read, we got a real problem. And we have a problem in our schools and we have a problem with our teachers that can't, ta- <clears throat> can't teach and don't understand civics. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, I think parents today, uh, if you want to demonstrate some real concern and love for your children, uh, don't send them to the public schools because they're just they're just government indoctrination academies, and that's been proven over and over again. And, uh, you know, the Democrats want to, uh, insist that they're the only ones that, that, uh, can save the black family, uh, 
and yet uh, this is the thing that, that black families, you know, need the most is uh, is school choice. And uh, overall, I'm saying I don't want me to generalize too much, but you know, this this is something that in the black community would do a great deal to uh, to reverse the the trends that we're seeing. Uh, the cycles of fatherlessness, the cycles of crime, uh, you know, all the incarcerations, and uh, you know, every person that's involved in, in crime or drugs or you know, they they are a detriment to society, and we need more assets and fewer liabilities. Absolutely. So, children can't raise themselves, and going to schools. Uh, where union uh, government employees uh, indoctrinate them with their social dogmas is not benefiting these children. Well, we've we've taken, like I said, we've taken a very lazy approach, and the government we've played right into the hands of the socialists, and that is we've taken the approach that for eight hours a day. Public schools are our babysitters for our kids, and they've forgotten that it it took two to tango and two to have that kid, and that kid you're responsible for. You don't farm them out for eight hours and say good luck. And I and this was one thing I that I appreciated about COVID. It finally woke some parents up to the fact that their kids were getting less from schools than they imagined. And it made the parents take a look at what their kids were learning or, in fact, not learning. And this was a wake-up call that uh, <clears throat> you and I believe in the same thing, and I think uh, higher power may have slapped us upside the head and said, Folks, you need to look at this. And a lot of parents finally did look at it and realized what our government schools, the garbage that they were teaching. And like you said, this uh, blaming everything on global warming is, you know, beyond the pale. Yeah. Um, You know, I'll tell you, everybody was up in arms about how um, the children were so disadvantaged by the uh, COVID hysteria and shut down the schools and everything. I will tell you this. Uh, homeschooled children were uh, had almost no impact from this. If, if people are homeschooling their children, they're taking the time. You know, if you want to do, if you want something done right, What's the saying, David? Do it yourself. Right. Now, if your children are important to you and their education and getting a good start in life is important to you, why would you hand them over to some government uh, union uh, person who's just going to indoctrinate them with their social dogmas and and teach them that... uh, there is no creator taking care of the universe, so uh, we're all done for because 
We're going to burn up in 12 years. And, you know, most parents had no clue that this was what their kids were being taught. And, um, you know, there are many blessings in disguise, and I think COVID was one of them. Now, it hadn't turned... You know, it hadn't turned the ship around, but at least it started. And, you know, any, any of these idiot attorneys, whatever they want to call themselves, that are filing suits against parents for protecting their kids and school boards that have harmed their kids and the parents want to do something about it any DA that would be opposed to that has no place in my household that's for sure and has no place being in public office we have you know well, there, there is another old saying and I think, I can't remember whether this was after World War II. I believe it was. But our kids are our hope of the nation. And if we fail our kids, then we've totally failed our country. And we're seeing that today. With You couldn't have the woke and the green movement if we had told our kids, look this is a crock led by people that don't know what they're talking about, that want to take over our country and we should have been working with our kids for many years now and uh, they are our responsibility and it's you know, it's sort of like, and they are the they are the parents' responsibility, right? It's not you know, the, it takes a village, no. right? I mean, there's a, there's a great advantage to collaborating on the education of children, but you know, uh, that's what homeschool co-ops should be doing. But it, it's not they're not the government's children, and you know, even though creepy old Joe likes to sniff the hair of young girls. Uh, you know, when he says they're our children, you know, that, that's when I go reaching for my shooting iron. Because uh, they don't belong to him. Then, you know, I'm going to take parenting lessons from the father of Hunter Biden? I yeah. don't think so. Well, you know, it, it's sort of like uh, I am very pro-life. And, well, that's not fair. Uh, the pro-choice that gives the woman it's her body yeah it was her body and her choice to have a child to have you know if she didn't know what caused children then she really needed to grow up and have some education and pro-choice is you have pro-choice before things happen you shouldn't have it after and totally opposed to abortions and I push for any woman 
and generally it's not even a woman, it's a girl. But any lady that's contemplating an abortion should have to go and view an abortion and see what it's all about. Uh, Well, David, you know, these people that, once again, the people that are advocating as if they're for these women are actually doing things to harm these women. And I can tell you that uh, in many cases, if not most cases, uh, the girl that gets an abortion is not seeking an abortion to begin with. But she's got a very, you know, complex problem in people who have a financial interest in killing the child, uh, try to make her believe that uh, it's a simple answer to a complex problem, when in fact, in many cases, if not most, it, you know, it leaves this young girl scarred for life emotionally, and uh, it, it's just the wrong thing to do. You never... You never help a woman by killing her baby. No. I mean, that's just a simple fact. And I go beyond that, and I don't care who wants to argue with me. There's only one way to hack it, and that's the doctor that would perform one is a murderer. And you have two per, two people that are performing a homicide. And that's the woman that's letting the doctor perform an abortion. And it's murder. And it's, and like I said, they should be forced to view an abortion. And it gives a, it would give a woman a whole different perspective. And, you know, there, thank goodness we've gotten more and more places that are reaching out to women that have thought they were wanted an abortion and are, are raising the kids now. And there's nothing more beautiful and there's nothing more inspirational and beautiful than to deliver a child and see that newborn come into the world. I was very fortunate as an EMT, uh, I got to experience that a couple of times, and uh, you can't—you just can't beat it. And uh, you know that baby comes out, and you can almost hear him saying, "I made it. Give me a chance. I'm here." You know, and it's—it's it's just the most phenomenal David, the, thing. Uh, the folks. I, you know, it, it, now you have the schools, they want to be complicit in this, uh, uh, you know, sexual mutilation of children mm. that's going to leave them uh, infertile for life. And let me give you the background on this. Back in 1978, Planned Parenthood International and the United Nations Population Fund went to the Chinese and told them, that if they didn't do something about their quote-unquote population problem, that they wouldn't get any economic assistance from the World Bank or the International Monetary Fund. And so the Chinese 
put in place this one-child policy. And at first it was secret, and then the word got out, and, you know, the results of that one-child policy uh, have been absolutely devastating to the Chinese people. Uh, a whole generation of uh, maybe two generations of Chinese girls gone, missing, you know. Uh, and so they have... Uh, they're, now they're worried about their their uh, fertility rate in China because you know if you you know <laughs> if you get rid of the girls you know the, the girls are actually the most precious part of that fertility thing you know uh, I know you're from Texas and you know that uh, they'll have uh, two or three bulls on a on a farm and and the rest uh, of the males they castrate and fatten for meat and you don't need that many males but you, but you know each female can only carry one or maybe two reliably uh to birth and it takes uh in a human being it takes nine months so so the most precious side of that uh equation is the females and so destroying uh the the sex imbalance in china uh has had enormous ramifications and the Chinese are not ignorant of it. Today, there are counties in China that are offering to pay women if they will get married at a young age. If they get, if they can get married before the age of 25. And they're also now encouraging people to have three children. Uh, so they, they recognize that the deleterious effect of Western meddling in China. And so now what do you think they're doing? They're promoting this whole idea that uh, our children, as they hit puberty, ought to uh, uh, castrate themselves and uh, make it impossible for them to uh, ever uh, experience the joys of parenthood. And this is, this is a Chinese revenge on the United States. Well, this and many other things that the public's not aware of with regard to the infiltration of Chinese policy into the United States. And it's it starts, and the, their whole plan was started at the university level and take it all the way down to grade school where if Johnny wants to be Carol, let him call himself Carol. And if Carol wants to be Johnny, let her call herself Johnny. And all of this, this is no, this is a plan, folks. And if we don't get a, get wisdom in our administration to combat these plans, We'll lose it faster than we're already losing it. And all of this can be documented by look at, look at our professors and look at how many come from China, as a matter of fact, and look at what, where do you think this green stuff came from? It, our government has not been doing a good job, and that's putting it mildly. And we've got to, we've got to follow Trump's lead, which is 
make America first. We don't let a foreign country infiltrate our schools, take over our kids, or anything else. We take care of the United States first. And we better start doing it and doing it soon. Did well, I look? You know, David, I'm going to say, I think Joe Biden knows that he in no way should be president uh, for another term, let alone the, the rest of this term. But I think he also knows that his criminal behavior over the years is so egregious and so blatant and so uh, so deep that the only way he can stay out of federal prison is to is to still hold office, and that's what his reelection is all about. And that's why he will definitely run for reelection. But, you know, here's a man who does not care about the future of the country because his miserable life is almost over. I I couldn't agree with you more, Phil. And the point is, though, how do we get the rest of the country to understand and agree with you? Other than we were working our butts off here at America's Web Radio with our veteran shows, with our political shows, with our medical shows. We're in, we're in a crisis situation from a medical standpoint. To know that China can kill millions and millions of us with the flip of a switch is just worse than terrible and Biden and the administration knows it and they won't do a damn thing about it and when I'm what I'm talking about is where do we get our legal drugs from our antibiotics and he's say well we should just make our own well I don't disagree with that except where does the raw material come from China This is not just listening to my lips flap. Our doctors have been talking about this for months now. China has us in such a vulnerable position that the number of people that live because of China is just incredible. The drug that you take for your heart, the drug that you take for your colon, the drug that you take for anything, chances are it's coming from China. Think about it. That's scary. Well, you know, uh, we're being distracted. You know, when you watch a magician, right? Yeah. He doesn't have the, the powers of magic. What he has is the powers of distraction. So you're concentrating on his right hand when all the action's in his left hand. Okay, this is this is a, the old P.T. Barnum, there's a sucker born every minute. 
he, you know, his his specialty was in tricking people, mm-hmm. and that's and that's where we are today. Turn on the news and just sit down with a pen and paper and uh, make a list of all the things they want you to be absolutely terrified about. These are all distractions. While they're meanwhile, uh, you know, the actions over there in the left hand where they're where they're taking away your rights, your civil rights, uh, your your parental rights, uh, you know, all this stuff that there's and they're squandering money right out of your wallet. And we're not doing a thing about it other than shows like this. And you know, it's terrible from my standpoint to go home at night and sit and rehash what you and I have talked about today and what most of our shows, uh, On Point with Victor, uh, The Doctor's Lounge, all of our shows, uh, I go home and, and rehash what we've talked about, and it's just, it's terrible. And I have a hard time with it some nights. And want to do more and want to ask the public I want to thank the people that have written in and are sent texts in or emails and remind them please tell other folks about what we're doing at America's Web Radio we're not 100% right but at least we're bringing out true facts and what I'm saying about China and drugs you can check out, or we'll help you check it out. What we're saying about China having a plan to take over the country, we'll show you how it's happening. And we've got the experts that know what they're talking about, and we want to help. And that's what we're here for. And we want to let all our veterans know that the first thing that we have in mind at America's Web Radio is the care of our veterans. And also, veterans should start looking at how they've been screwed by the VA. And in many cases, they're not getting what has been contractually promised to them. They're not getting it from the VA like they should. And... Phil, I think you're well aware of that and and your work with uh, one of our close friends, Dr. Don Moeller. uh, You know, know, David, if if people want to to change what's happening at the VA, uh, you're you're not going to do it alone. So I I would recommend that they get involved with the Disabled American Veterans, the American Legion, the VFW, Get involved at any point you can and uh, and help make that difference. Yes, sir. Well, with that, we've got to go. I've let it run over one more time, so we'll have to operate on our programming to catch us up. Don, Don, Phil, thank you for everything, and we'll be in touch shortly. Thank you. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.